Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to get us into God's Word for a few minutes at least each day, about 12 minutes or so, and in that way, keep us focused on our spiritual lives, on our souls, on our relationship with God, and also help us to have a better frame, a better mindset to be able to take on the day, whatever the day may throw at us to look at things in a more positive way, from a more positive perspective, and to keep us connected with our Heavenly Father. Now, you know people who need to change their thinking, who need to turn their lives around. You may help them do exactly that, to start thinking about their spiritual needs and their souls and their relationship with God by simply sharing these short studies with them. You may help them get on the right track that ultimately will lead them to heaven and eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So share these short studies. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means you have access to. But share them with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally anybody and everybody. You can help somebody turn their lives around. You may help somebody get to heaven just by starting to share these short studies with them. So do that on purpose and with a purpose. We come back to our big question for this particular line of study. Has man outgrown the Bible? Big question, isn't it? Do you think our culture, our society, our nation, Do you think the world, do you think mankind, humanity in general, do you think we have become knowledgeable enough, sophisticated enough in our thinking to have outgrown our need for God's word? Well, I know what most of you would probably say. Oh, no, we, we have not outgrown our need for the Bible, and we never will. And that's exactly right. But there are a lot of people who think that they have, who think that mankind generally has, because they think they become more enlightened, that they become more sophisticated in their knowledge and thinking. And the Bible they would think of as being old-fashioned, outmoded, out of date, a book of mythology to a great extent, and not a book of truth from beginning to end. Well, it's interesting that they think they know the truth, well enough to know that the Bible is not truth from beginning to end. Interesting. They put themselves and their knowledge ahead of the Bible and its teachings. Jesus said in John chapter 14, or in John chapter 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, again, what is our general framework of thinking. Well, today is yesterday's tomorrow, but today is also tomorrow's yesterday. And so we keep changing our minds about things. You say, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, today's breakthrough is tomorrow's discarded technology or way of thinking. This year's popular is lost in next year's latest and greatest. Just think of the fashion industry as one example of that. The up-to-date of today 
is soon out of date, not too far down the road. But truth does not change. Real truth, fundamental truth, is truth all the time. It does not change. When we think that we're too smart or too sophisticated, too intellectual to believe in God and to believe in his word any longer as being the truth that needs to guide our lives on a daily basis, then we've become foolish. The psalmist said in Psalm 14 and verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And as I've said many times in teaching and preaching, if you take God out of the picture, you don't want to live in that world because it will become a horrible, evil place pretty quickly. Has man outgrown the Bible? Not unless he has found another food for the soul. God's word is described in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 as food for the soul. Also in Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 through 14, food for the soul. You see, when we are little babies physically, we have to start out with the pablum, with the milk, the soft food, because our systems can't tolerate the solid foods very well. But then we eat that softer stuff until our systems develop, we get a little bit stronger, develop a little bit more, and then mom and daddy start feeding the babies with solid food. And they need that to continue to, to develop physically and mentally. Well, the Bible is like that. It has the soft food in there to begin with. In fact, the soft food is, is part of what we need to learn how to come to God through Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, for salvation, redemption. But then it also has the solid food. We get deeper into the word, into the scriptures, and we learn more and more, and we develop more and more spiritually. Faith grow stronger as we continue to get into God's word. Romans 10 and verse 17. Has man outgrown the Bible? Not unless he has found another cure for man's most serious disease. You think about medical technology, medical knowledge. Go all the way back to the scriptures in the early days, and you'll see that God laid out for mankind good medicinal practices that we understand today, but we did not really understand the basis for for thousands of years, to the extent at least that we do today. Oh yes, you go back and you look in Leviticus chapter Leviticus chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, it talks about circumcising the newborn male baby on the eighth day of his life. We did not know for generations for thousands of years that that is the optimum day for circumcising a young male child. The best day to perform that particular surgery of his entire life. Deuteronomy chapter 23 verses 10 through 14 talks about how in the camp we need to make sure that we've got a place for bodily refuse away from the people and the food that is being prepared in the camp. But also, as Israel would move from place to place, and we're talking about, oh, maybe a million or more individuals in that huge camp as they were traveling through the wilderness to the promised land, there were provisions laid out by God having to do with isolating themselves if they had certain diseases, moving outside the camp. Well, why? 
Well, we understand now, but it took us a long time to learn about germs, bacteria, viruses. But you see, it was already there thousands and thousands of years before in God's Word. We all have ancient Israel's contagion. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Isaiah 1 in verse 6. Yeah. Huh. The only antidote, though, for the most serious of all of mankind's diseases is the gospel of Christ. You see, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, not everybody breaks out in boils. Not everybody breaks out with pneumonia or some kind of serious contagion, and we know about that, don't we, in our day and age. But everybody does get sick physically. Everybody does develop physical problems, health problems of one kind or another. But the greatest of all the problems is the, has to do with spiritual health, and that's sin. In, he, in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, we read that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And again, the wages of sin, well, that's a death. Romans 6 and verse 23. Sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. And the only antidote for sin is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because only through his blood shed on that cross can we be forgiven of our sins. What did Ananias tell Saul of Tarsus, who would later become a Christian and a gospel preacher, and then later yet the Apostle Paul? He said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Do you get the allusion there? Washing away the spiritual dirt and muck and contagion of sin in your life? Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Well, at baptism, our sins are washed away by the blood of Christ that he shed on the cross. When the Jews asked Peter and the rest of the apostles on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, what shall we do? He said, Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, to have your sins cleansed, to have you be cleansed from the guilt of your sins. Sinfulness is the most serious and life-threatening contagion that man has ever faced. And only through the blood of Christ. And how do we learn about that? God's Word again. God's Word. When did we read about that? Oh, you can go back thousands of years. It was already there. Giving us the guidance for the ultimate relief, forgiveness, cleansing of the worst of the worst. And that's sin. Far worse than any contagion, far worse than any physical impairment. Sin, which can keep us out of heaven. It was there in God's word, going all the way back basically to the beginning. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Look around 
If anything, sin has greater influence now than it did with ancient man. Violence, greed, lust, selfishness, drunkenness, drugs, no one has mastered sin. Paul would say today exactly what he said in AD 57, almost 2,000 years ago, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mankind has not conquered carnal desires, worldly desires, lust. Now, it's still there all around us. And we are still prone to give in to the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life. John wrote about that in 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. Yeah. We cannot overcome without the power of God's word written down for us in Scripture. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. The gospel of Christ is still the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1 and verse 16. We need to open our eyes. We need to humble our hearts. Let's pray together. Father, help us to come to you through your truth. Help us to open our eyes to your teachings that can free us from the guilt of sin. Cleanse us from that horrible, horrible spiritual evil. And forgive us, Father. Thank you for sending your Son to pay the price on the cross through the shedding of his blood. Help us, Father, to humble ourselves and come to you in faithful obedience, being baptized for the remission of our sins. Guide us in this, please, Father. Please, we pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.